Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can find and subscribe to the premium episodes of this podcast at pitch.supportingcast.fm. Hi, welcome to Pitch, connecting storytellers with the world. This week's premium episode features Phoenix Black with her script, Keanu Reeves is my muse, my son is a dragon. Eric Brown with his script, A Girl and Her Dog, and Mashka Wolf and Malik Hanen with their script, Danger, may cause time travel. Make sure to check that out. I'm Leah St. Marie. And I'm Angel. And today we are going to, what are we going to talk about today? What should we talk about today? Let's talk about TV shows. Let's, let's talk about TV shows. Yeah. Let's talk about what we're watching just as as an audience. Okay. Viewer enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what we're watching as screenwriters and learning from. Okay. And what TV shows are either under the radar or TV shows that we grew up watching. Can you watch something as not a writer at this point? So sometimes, yes. And it's rare. And I'll tell you this. When I watch a show and I'm so completely engrossed in it, I forget that it's, I forget that it was written or I forget that I'm a writer. I'm so lost in the story. Mm. That's when. Have you seen anything in the last, say, four years that has done that the entire run of the show that you had no moments where you were like, well, well. I would have I would have done that differently because I have I have a couple. I have one, yes. She has one, but she's forgotten the name. No. She's trying to sneakily look it up on her phone right now. Um, I I'll, I'll go with mine while she's while she's looking up hers. Mine was Patriot, an Amazon Prime original that only went for one season, and. I was so tickled by how fun and clever and engrossing this show was that I have been telling everybody about it since I saw it, and I don't think anyone has watched it, <laughs> and I've recommended it to, but it's excellent. It's not The Patriot. It's not the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. It is Patriot, created by Stephen Conrad, um, and it stars Michael Dorman, Kurtwood Smith, Michael Chernis, Kathleen Monroe. Elliot Oppheim, Chris Conrad, Terry Quinn, and Deborah Winger. And it is, I, it, it's hilarious, but it's also really tragic. So I guess it's a tragic comedy? It's a, it's a yeah, it's a tragic comedy. This is one <laughs> of those shows for me. What about you? Do you have one? Yes, I do. Maniac, which Maniac. showed on Netflix. It has Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. And the reason that I loved it so much is... It took me in directions that I didn't know it was going to take me. It kept me guessing, and I loved the surprises that it presented, and it was just so emotionally raw and honest. How many seasons? Limited series. Limited series. Oh, those limited series. It's incredible. So I, I got a limited series recommendation from Script Notes, John and Craig, um, 
we're talking about the show The English. Oh, yeah, you you made me watch this. Yeah, I don't think you finished it. I don't think you liked it as much as I did. I didn't, but I still liked it. I binged it. and Three times. No, I didn't binge it three times. I, I binged it once. And it was excellent. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. However, I guess the part of me that is like a conscientious citizen was bumped a little bit. So I looked up the writer and as I was like, who wrote this? Uh-huh. What What is this show? It was written by Hugo Blick, who is a British filmmaker and actor. And it's about a British woman mm-hmm. who comes to America. And the co-lead of the show, I think his name is pr- pronounced Chasky Spencer, is an indigenous or Native, Native American, for lack of a, a more updated term. I was like, what is a British person doing writing about the American West? What is this? And granted, Emily Blunt plays a British woman. So, and it goes back and forth between England and the West, the American West. And it was excellent, but part of me was like, well, I don't, I, like, you know, the part of me that's like, well, who, if we're casting role appropriate actors for characters, are when when are we writing shows with writer appropriate stories not that this is inappropriate because it is an excellent show and this is an excellent writer and there's very much a british component of it but mm. it's a show about uh, a, a, an indigenous man going home in the american west after he's you know he served in the the um union army the union army and he encounters a british woman who needs help and they come to rely on one another so there's this this really fascinating um, relationship that develops. All that's to say is, you know, you can you can tell any story really well, but what part of you is? I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was just how like, do you deserve to tell this story? Is kind and of it's, and it's an excellent story. So he has every right and clear clear um, opportunity to tell the story because it's excellent and he's an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. But part of me was like, oh man, I you know, would have been cool if like. An indigenous person wrote this story or wrote a story like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then some British person would be like, well, whoa, what's uh, what's an indigenous American doing writing about the British person? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem right. I don't know. I also, I want to hope, and I haven't done any research into this, but it, I imagine, because you and I have gone through this as well, that the research phase of doing this, that they definitely paid and, and got notes and did interviews with indigenous people right one Uh, would hope so that way that way at least there's there's money exchanging hands and that there's um due respect being given and i think that we're still in a time where despite how woke we're trying to be and how we're trying to fight against the oscars so white that it's still white men who are opening the doors for us and until we can open our own doors we're still going to have those stories because that story wouldn't have gotten made unless he had written it because he's the one who has connections, right? Clearly. Maybe. He I must. don't know. He I, must. He has he, a show. He must. He, he has, has a show, show on Netflix. Yeah. Justifiably. Great show. And great, great show. Great writing. I really enjoyed it. Um, what else are you watching that you watch as a writer? What are you like? Oh, I'm, I'm dissecting this as a writer. Okay, it's not as a writer, but as, it's as a person with depression and anxiety. 
Oh no. They say that you rewatch shows because you already know the end of it, so you don't have any so you don't have any anxiety over how it's going to end. So I'm in my sixth round of rewatching Parks and Recreation in its entirety. What yeah. a feat. And what a funny show. It's such a good show. Chris Pratt on that show. I mean, yeah, among many, many others. Tell me if you agree, you recognize, or you think I'm completely nuts. Okay. No, there's nothing to follow up about. It's just, <laughs> it's just. No, Generally, no, no. I agree with you. We have a lot of discord about things, which I enjoy, even if my face says something different. Where I, I, where I was going with that originally is, <laughs> there seems to be a progression for male actors from from funny guy mm. to action hero. Yeah. That allows them staying power with a few exceptions. So Bruce Willis. Yeah. Moonlighting. Yeah. Die Hard. Yeah. He was cracking jokes left and right all over Die Hard. Mm -hmm. But that cemented his status as action hero. Mm-hmm. Right? Chris Pratt, lovable oaf, multiple seasons on Parks and Recs. Now he's Star-Lord? Jurassic World, like all the, like he is yeah. the like male prototype, right? Yeah. Um, who else, who else, who else? What's the guy from The Office that you watch on Jack? Oh, Ride? yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, John, Jim. Um, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. Cracking jokes left and right in The Office. Now he's like Jack Ryan and yeah. They can't get enough of him doing action stuff. And married to Emily Blunt. I mean, what a <laughs> what a move, man! What a what a what a talent she is. Yeah. And he is right. But when male stars try to jump to action hero too quickly, I think there is less staying power. And I've been trying to figure this out. I've been trying to figure it out for years. I don't know. I is this a phenomenon? I haven't watched Jack Ryan. I've seen everything else that you've mentioned, but I haven't paid attention enough to include myself in your mission. Okay, well, I'm going to keep... If anybody has any thoughts about it, go ahead and tweet at me if I can ever re-resurrect my Twitter account. It still exists. And I know there's... there's look, there's going to be plenty of people, oh, you know, Stallone, he never was a funny guy. Like, Schwarzenegger never was a funny guy. Like, like these guys were never funny guys. Although, Schwarzenegger did some funny movies. Jingle All the Way, Junior, Twins. <laughs> Yeah, right? So he yeah. had he had that period in his life. Yeah. Whereas he started out as Conan and then the Terminator, right? Mm -hmm. Um Sylvester Stallone, he did a he did a he did a comedy, right? He did a comedy? No, he never did a comedy. She's saying he never did a comedy. I don't think so. I'm not I'm not as up to date on his I never laughed during Rocky. But Ryan Reynolds is another one. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was yeah. Van Wilder making everybody laugh, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's Deadpool, still making people laugh, but mm -hmm. I mean, Hugh Jackman, this was a song and dance man. Yes. He still is. Yes. This guy loves to sing and dance, and he's amazing at both. Yeah. Playing Wolverine. Oh, what's his name? Um, Jason Statham, also a dancer. Jason Statham, an incredible mar martial artist, great dancer. Yeah. He was in Snatch, right? That was kind of his big break. That's one of the first things I remember him being like, oh, this guy's good. And he was kind of the straight man in that, but... Um, Angel, are you trying to say that you need to work on your stand-up routine? No, I don't. I don't. 
I don't think Jerry Seinfeld is going to become the next action hero. <laughs> I don't think John Mulaney is going <laughs> to take over the mantle from Sly when he retires officially. <laughs> I don't know that stand-up. Although Eddie Murphy, you know. Hmm? But Eddie Murphy was cracking jokes pretty much yeah. the entirety of his career, even after stand-up. Anyway, this is a, this is a side side thing um angel's got a sidebar i got a sidebar um what other shows are we talking about what are, what are some of your favorite shows oh i think we already i think it's your turn to answer because i said parks and rec okay so i had patriot i had the english these are these are um oh, the english right, is the most english. recent one patriot was from 2017 i think 2018 he's looking at me like i know um i mean breaking bad is breaking bad it's good a lot of people's all-time pinnacle of TV shows. I would count myself among one of them. The Wire was a show that was critically acclaimed. It's transformative. And I watched it and I'm like, it's good? I didn't watch it. I don't, you didn't watch it? Uh, No, it was a difficult point in my life. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Gotcha. I think it didn't resonate as strongly with me as it did a lot of people. And I've heard the show's creator talk about it at length. And I think what they were doing with it just was was, was beyond me at the time. I, you know, I recognize it as probably one of the greatest, but I'm just like, ah, it doesn't, doesn't grab me. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, I, I do have a guilty pleasure. I had a friend turn me on to Attack on Titan last year. Is This is an anime show. I think, yeah, animated. Japanese anime show and it's wild <laughs> in the in the best way. Does like it? in the twists, like if you don't know, because it was a it was a manga, it was a comic book, right? So mm-hmm. if you don't follow it and you're just like getting into it, I was getting into it for the first time. I'm like, what? Oh my god! Like this is a show that I watched, and only a few moments was I writer angel going Mm. oh yeah but it was only to be like that's brilliant and what deep rich complicated storytelling wow you can do almost anything with animation this is amazing yeah you got to check it out attack on titan i cannot recommend that enough okay once i have some time i will watch it um other stuff that i've been i've been watching or stuff that i watched when i was a kid or oh yeah what did you what did you watch growing up what influenced you Gosh, the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I was glued to the TV for that and Outer Limits. Okay, okay. All of those weird sci-fi shows really helped inform me and my interest. And then it went into from it went into watching those shows to reading Ray Bradbury and then going to my library and starting at A for Asimov and going through the sci-fi bookshelf one by one and reading everything. So your television viewing experience informed your book reading. Yeah, oddly. It, it led you, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. How about you? What did you watch when you were a youngin? <laughs> when you were 12 and writing scripts? Uh, by hand. <laughs> you have to stop that rumor now. I did not write scripts by hand as a 12-year-old. Um, that I'm willing to admit to. Uh-huh. Uh, what did I watch? I mean, cartoons, you know, as a kid. The, the Thundercats was amazing. Yes. Transformers. Yeah. X-Men. Captain Planet. 
Remember Captain Planet? So those are all the cartoon jams. Is that why you recycle? It's not why I recycle. <laughs> but maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe Captain Planet had an effect on me yeah. all these many years later. Uh-huh. I don't know. Wow, I got to examine that. I have therapy tomorrow. I'll ask her. Is this possible? Yeah. I think recycling, if our um, cities manage the recycling waste properly, is an environmentally sound thing to do. Yes. Um, I'm not versed enough to know how efficient it is, but I like to believe that it's a better thing to do than just trash everything. Yes. Cartoons. Cartoons, but also then like Married with Children was one of my jams. I watched that. My parents hated that we watched it, but we loved it. Yeah. Funny, you know, funny, funny stuff. Um, the X-Files. I love The X-Files. It's so good. It's still good. And the building blocks of that story mm-hmm. are, I mean, they're, they're some of the best. Yeah. You know? I love that um, Gillian Anderson has such a career right like she's in what is it sex education on netflix and it's going into its third season or something yeah and she's gorgeous in it by the way i want all of her outfits and i just watched david Duchovny in you people is he is he is he hilarious in that he's very funny but like low-key funny He's one of the funniest guys. Under the radar funny? Hilarious. Good casting. I, and I could be getting this wrong, but I, there was a, there was a, he was on the Larry Sanders show uh-huh. with Gary Shandling. Uh-huh. And he was, you know, that show was just like kind of a heightened version of everything that was actually happening in Hollywood at the time. So he played a heightened version of himself and he had the funniest, the funniest joke, I think from that show. He was talking about how most men how most men try to make their penis look bigger. Smoke and, and mirrors. Well, smoke and mirrors being like, oh, well, they trim their, their pubic hair. Or they like try to lose weight or, you know, they make sure they don't squat too much so their thighs don't get too big. And he deadpan, he goes, well, I just put smaller furniture in my bedroom. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this. This you is know, amazing. That's that's the second thing that I love about David Duchovny. The first thing is, you know, he was getting his degree in poetry. And then he he thought better of it. And then he got X Files, I think, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, he may he may have gone back. He may have gotten it. I'm such a I'm such a an outspoken critic of poets. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> I ran, I was I was thinking about poetry one day years and years ago before I knew any poets. Uh-huh. Leah before is we a, met. Leah is a poet. I was thinking about poetry. I was like, God, how do poets survive? We don't. How do you, how do you make? Yeah, we don't. How do you make money as a poet? And I was like, Oh. You become a songwriter. That's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way. Actually, go ahead, sorry. No, actually what? Well, actually, I was reading this book in the library when I was, you know, after watching The Twilight Zone, I went to the library and read all the other books. But there was this book, it was about careers. And the book had one page per career and the anticipated income you would get or the success of being in that career. And on the page for poets, it said... Think about being a greeting card writer. And that's all it said. No. Yes. Wow. So there's another avenue. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what were you going to say? It's tough out there for poets. If you don't want to rhyme, then songwriting's out. Yeah. Anyway, so I was was working at a restaurant at the time still. And 
I saw uh, an actor's friend, uh, Kitty Parker, who you met, who just was in Molly Elfman's film Next Exit. Gives good hugs and is a great actress. She's excellent. Um, her friend at the time was a poet. Mm-hmm. And she introduced me to him. I said, oh, man, you're, you're a poet. You know, I was just thinking about poets and how they make a living. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you got to write songs, man. This is like totally unsolicited advice. I was like, bro, like, I know you're out to dinner here, but like, you got to start writing music, man. This is like the only way you're going to make it in this world. Oh, no. Because who's buying poetry, you know? It's such a beautiful art form, and it's it's so necessary, but where's the market for it? I, I will say there's this fact um, that when the Twin Towers were, after that happens, that every poetry book on the shelf was sold out. No. Because in times of trauma and in times of strife, you have to turn to something that's going to reflect your emotional state so that you feel less alone, that you feel connected with someone, that that's what poetry gives you. Wow. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And and the other thing that I like to say is, so I used to live in Pittsburgh and the Carnegie Museum is attached to the library and it's built of this beautiful old marble and as you know marble is one of the softest stones but this library has been in existence for at least 100 years and when you go up the steps to go to the poetry section the steps have been so well used that there's a groove in the middle of them where people have stepped to go read poetry now I don't know if you're actually telling me facts or if it's, you're just saying these things poetically. <laughs> it's facts and, and, and bamboozling me as a result of your poetic, <laughs> black magic ways. Somebody in Pittsburgh who's <laughs> listening to this, please go to the Carnegie Library. You know what I'm talking about, and take a picture or a video of the grooves and the steps, and so the angel can see. Take it from a low angle. No, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's fine art with words. And there are many fine art pieces that are visited by millions of people. You know, Mona Lisa, David, like there's, there's fine art is yeah. one of the most important things in this world. And I should stop maligning poetry and poets so much. <laughs> you, you know, I think, I think what it comes from is that I don't want to be so sad all the time, Ugh, even yeah. though I am, mm-hmm. I don't, I like fight against it. I'm like, I don't want it. Yeah. So why am I going to read about it? I'm going to like read something that... Well, not all poetry is sad. I mean, you, but you've told me that stuff that rhymes isn't the is highest it, oh, poetry. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I love me some Shel Silverstein. <laughs> like, that's, the, that's how basic and kind of Neanderthal my poetry tastes are. Okay, to bring it, to bring it back <laughs> into screenwriting, you know something that I noticed about my writing recently is almost everything that I've written has included a poem in it. Do you, do you remember doing In the Light of the Moon and I had that limerick? Most of In the Light of the Moon was a poem. <laughs> yeah, this that's... was one of the interesting challenges of that particular film <laughs> was that it wasn't necessarily a traditional story as told in screenplay. It was a poetic piece that was set with images, in, in my opinion of it. Yeah, and there that's was accurate. that limerick. There was that limerick. Yeah, I had to cut it, unfortunately. But back to TV, have any shows recently informed your writing? Like you were doing Easy Money, were you watching TV shows and pulling stuff from it, like applying it to what you're you're writing? No, no. Or has any of them inspired you into a new avenue or an idea? 
No, nothing's inspired me into a new avenue or new idea. But there is the age-old, well, what's the what's your, your pitch, right? Oh, it's like married with children, but they're on a boat. You know, like there's there's yeah. there's the exercise of finding projects that you're working on in the comps, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm working on my novel. It is a very easy pitch because it is the combination of one very successful high-profile thing with one very successful high-profile thing. Yes. And so in that instance, I guess that novel idea came from, well, why don't I just do something like X inside Y? That seems like a cool thing to explore. But for the script I just finished writing, no, nothing was really informing it. Um, I mean, I look at the bones of things, right? Yeah. Like, why was Breaking Bad so good? What made Patriot so good? Mm-hmm. What are the building blocks of good story that I understand that I can identify in, in those things and make sure I'm nailing in my stuff as mm-hmm. well? So in that sense, a lot of the stuff that I really love reinforces what I'm trying to do because the, the bones and what makes them good, I'm gleaning and checking for constantly. What about you? What has helped inform my writing? Yeah, what? because you're working on a TV limited series right now. I am, yeah. That is very specific. Well, as part of the research for that, I was re-watching Sopranos. Or watch... I wasn't re-watching because I have never actually watched it. Um, not start to finish anyway. So I was watching The Sopranos and making sure that I'm as well-versed as possible in the world of mafia. Mm-hmm. And I think anything that you're watching when you're writing something is automatically going to go through a process of osmosis and filter in in some capacity. Mm. Either you're rejecting a bad idea, you're like, I'm not going to do my story like that, or you're accepting of somebody else's idea. You're like, yeah, I want to do it like that. And I've been thinking a lot about the Queen's Gambit and how he said it took 20 years to get it into someone's hand. And I asked John August on Twitter this question because I was curious because I want to write all of my episodes. I don't want to have a writer's room. I know the story. I've done the beats for the entire series. And I asked John August for The Queen's Gambit, did the writer already have all the episodes written when he went in and pitched? Or did he only have the pilot? And John said that he believes that the writer pitched it and then pitched him writing all of the episodes And that's how that was formed. And I've had other filmmakers say that I shouldn't write all of the episodes. I should only write the pilot to save time. Mm -hmm. And so you and I have discussed this and I'll keep it a surprise what my answer is. Well, everyone's got an opinion in this business and they're all convinced their opinion is right. Yeah. And ultimately it's your choice, right? Yeah. Unless you can convince someone to let it be your choice, right? You either do it on spec and you spend all that time writing all that stuff or you pitch the stuff and you convince them to let you do it. Or you just win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> or or you just like you have all of the power because you have all of the money. Yeah, we, we do not have that yet. No, I know I don't. Do no, you? No. Yeah, so we're back at square one. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about TV-wise? Yeah. So our other episodes end with us mentioning some of our favorite movies and we just talked about favorite TV shows. Why don't you name some of your all-time favorite three TV shows? Oh, okay, yeah, that's easy. Breaking Bad. One. 
Um, Attack on Titan. Two. And I said this was easy, but now I'm stalled on three. Yeah, because it's a reserved spot. Is it? Because it's the last choice and it's very difficult to make a decision because then it makes every other choice obsolete. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Why don't you go with a couple and then I'll figure out my third. Sure. I'm Ted Lasso. It just feels good when I watch it. It makes me happy. Of course, Parks and Rec, I already mentioned I already mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go back and say Maniac, even though it's really good. And I'm trying to think of shows that I've I've rewatched because that's indicative of liking something. But I am also stuck on number three. Let's sit here in silence and think of our favorite TV show. Well, for our for our audience's benefit, we're not gonna do that. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna fill up the silence while she thinks. And I'm gonna steal mm your answer from earlier and say the twilight zone yeah now my my grandfather had all of the twilight episodes all of them on vhs same um even the ones that were like not released from the vault because there was problematic racism there's like some some Mm. issues in the content that they were like oh we realize that now that these terms and the way the characters are speaking are problematic yeah so we would have twilight zone marathons yeah a lot when we were kids, they would show them on like New Year's Day or whatever. But then we would also have Twilight Zone marathons as a family and just watch like 30 episodes of the Twilight Zone. And he had them all. So the Twilight Zone really was probably the most prominent show throughout my young, my adolescence, my, my, my childhood and my adolescence into my adulthood because of my grandfather. Mm. So I'd say the Twilight Zone is probably in, in my top three as well. I'm going to go with that, too. I'm going to share my third spot oh, with you. Oh, man. You just copied me. Well, you copied me. I know. Well, technically, you're right. Copy of a copy. It's a copy of a copy. I believe we call that a facsimile. A facsimile. All right. All right. Well, those are our um, top three shows. And what are some of your favorite shows? Um, send us a tweet. Send us a message. Let yeah. us know. And if you have any insight about any of the shows we've talked about, share some stories. We love insider information. Yeah. Like Robert Redford got his break acting in a Twilight Zone episode. Like the Twilight Zone's episodes for season four were an hour long, which is different. Mm. The other ones were only half an hour. There's also a creature on the wing. Do you know who that actor was? Yes, I do. Who was it? William Shatner. Why? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know why it was, I don't know why I had any reaction to that i would love to see something be as prolific as the twilight zone yeah it shook us will we ever have something that prolific again well as soon as you write it yeah Uh, that's not my genre (laughs) (laughs) never say never though i'll write it all right well this has been fantastic thank you very much for your time lee i appreciate it thank you angel And join us for the next episode where we're going to talk about some stuff. I'm not sure what it is yet, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. All right. Cheers from Hollywood. Cheers from Hollywood. If you're on the fence about subscribing, know that a portion of all subscription fees go toward the nonprofit Young Storytellers, raising voices one story at a time.